With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I was in the big house this weekend, watched the, almost watched the second coming in Appalachian State, but I'm, you know, I'm glad to be back in the booth. So, I'm glad to be back in the booth. So, yeah, 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 you know, Michigan, Michigan looks like the mere kind of, uh, of football. Okay. Greg Scalzo, TJ Hogan here, and we're now being joined by friend of show Devon Wilson of Real Sports Guys. You can follow them on Twitter at Real Sports Guys. What's up, Devon? We'll enter the cipher a little bit on this one. I'm still scratching on this thing. We're going to enter the, enter the cipher a little bit. We're going to a little bit here today. Because uh, we're going to have a special interview, uh, given everything that's been going on with the coronavirus. Uh, in about 30 minutes, we'll have uh, a, a good friend of mine, and I, I say emerging voice in college sports, uh, Sean Fraser, who is the uh, athletic director at NIU, Northern Illinois University. Uh, he was a former deputy uh, athletic director at University of Wisconsin with Barry Alvarez. He's a uh, voice um in terms of uh, college athletics, and I thought at you know, this time would be good. Um, he's one of the people that I, I see has the best balance between, you know, understanding how to develop a program, and then he has a real commitment to student-athlete development um, and student rights. I think he has a really good balance around that. So it's a great voice for us to hear about, hear from as part of this. But, you know, before we get into that kind of conversation, I got to bring my, you know, I got to bring my co-host, you know, uh, on, on everything uh, here to the into the into the building. Uh, I'm gonna start with uh, the young, and he's in the building. What's up, Darnell? How you doing? I'm a little under the weather. Um, I know that's a little cause because <laughs> I work at the hospital, uh, working with patients and stuff. But um, man, it's not doing too well. Two, 2020 has not been a good year, man. I got breaking news for you. Um, for I don't know if Devon heard it. I talked to the group, but um, um, the original Black Mama, Roger Mayweather, passed away about an hour ago. Yeah. Man, yeah. It's horrible news. Horrible Man, news. Prayers be with um, yep. the family, because you know, um, Floyd Mayweather's child, his his child's mother passed away last year, and mm. um, they're going through that. And Roger, he you know he's been sick for. In no top for several years, but um, even when it's, it seems sort of expected, it all it still hit, it still can hit hard for you. So just um, pray for him, keep him in your thoughts. Um, I'll pass it to um, Hank. Yeah, you, you know, I think at this time, you know, it's all about how we live in a community, right? How we um, supporting each other and. You know, just so many things that so many layers to life right now um, that that so many people are dealing with. Um, you know, it, it's important for us to to be in community around it. Yeah, when you put that to the group, I was just like, not another blow. You know, and uh, that was just that's just another difficult blow, particularly in the sports world. Uh, we got my man Hank. How you doing, Hank? You know, under the circumstances, I'm going to say that I'm blessed. Uh, yeah. I want to say to to the people out there, stay healthy, stay positive, keep your head to the sky. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day, ironically. Uh, this would usually be a day where folks would be out celebrating and uh, really getting a drink on, if you will, wearing green, which I wouldn't go never do. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, under the circumstances, uh, I guess relatively well to say to everybody out there to stay healthy, stay healthy is an understatement, but... To stay woke is another thing I would say. 
that uh, as 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 uh, Darnell said, this year has not really got off to a great start. But uh, what won't kill you will make you stronger, as they say. And so we 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 continue to live each day, and just we just keep yeah. going day by day. Yeah, and you know, and we started this show in this movement to to be in a position to talk about these kinds of issues and to to like unpack them, but at the same time, you know, find those opportunities to uplift spirits. And um, and so, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to backtrack. You know, it's funny because Darnell and I had a chance to at least talk about this a little bit um, in our previous podcast. You get a chance to go to um, Sports Guys Facebook page. We had a Facebook Live session. Uh, we also had with uh, uh, Dougie Fisher, which was an excellent one, um, looking at, you know, the impact of the virus through the lens of someone who was in that combat sports world. Um, and so we, we kind of look at this different aspects, but we, we didn't get a chance to hear Hank's voice who, uh, he, he, you know, that he, he provides us with this kind of, uh, you know, uh, this, this long view perspective because, you know, he's the, he's the OG in the building. So he's, he's had more life uh, in there, but I think also Hank, you know, as Darnell mentioned, now, between the three of us, we spent, you know, our families are very much connected in, kind of the large university hospital environment, which you go through a lot of different trainings in space, like things like this are part of discussions as a norm. And you, you worked in a management space at a place like university of Michigan hospital that is about readiness where you, you're going through simulations where people are involved in these conversations, where it's part of training, you know? So I thought it was important to not only get your perspective about just kind of how you were thinking that this stuff was unpacking from a sports perspective, but also as somebody who is, worked in a profession for a long time and worked in hospital management and understood a level of readiness that you've had to have for uh, a pandemic like this. So I love your perspective. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is that I look at it, I look at it now and I remember that when we were going through our training and we would always go through a training, maybe, maybe once, maybe uh, uh, once a year of a worst-case scenario pandemic where we actually went and used one of the uh, recreational facility buildings as a place to house patients, you know, in the event that it had had become so widespread that we had become so overwhelmed that we would actually be able to have a mobile hospital, if you will, probably at the Central Campus Recreational Building, CCRB. Y'all know who I'm talking about, the University of Michigan's campus. And it would always be based upon uh, just 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 that, just a worst case scenario. But I recall and I remember what we would do, you know. And and I happened to be manager of of of, of patient equipment, durable medical equipment, as we prepared for viruses like SARS and H1N1, also known as the swine flu, also known and, and the Ebola uh, scare. And I have to tell you that I remember that they were able to brief us on what these viruses could do, on what the fatality rate was, on what we needed to prepare for as healthcare professionals, what, where we would go to get you know additional uh, resources. All these things was planned out. This was for some reason. And it frustrates me to no end, knowing the preparedness and knowing that the folks like Darnell and my son and others who are still at the university uh, uh, are there and, 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 and understanding some of those what we thought was tedious training exercises, what they're going through right now, to have this unknown. And I can honestly say to you, and I'm not a doctor, nor do I profess to be one, I can only tell you what I've witnessed and I can only tell you what I've seen that that um, when we've had things like this before, they could say what the fatality rate was. They could tell you, you know, what, what, the, what the concern was. Could you, could you convalesce at home? I've never seen it, and I know no one else in this country has ever seen it, where you've had a massive shutdown like this, and then all you get is I don't know as an answer. That, to me, concerns me more than anything else because – this was something that the Center of Disease Control, and I'm not getting political, but I know this was something that they always got this country aware of way ahead of time to, content, to prevent a massive panic. 
And, you know, as we talk about it more, I know that when you don't know what you don't know, then you err on the side of caution, which is great and which is fantastic. But when I look up and, and, and I, I, I hear things, you know, from folks being infected, but they don't have a fatality rate or folks that's not getting severely ill, you know, uh, we heard about Rudy Gobert. We heard about Donovan Mitchell on the sports side. We heard about Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson on the entertainment side, and it's recently Elders Elba on the entertainment side. All Kevin of which, Durant too now. Huh? I say Kevin Durant too now. Kevin Durant. But all of which, until we hear something, have all recovered. In fact, Donovan Mitchell never even got sick. He was what they call a uh, um, a symptom. Uh, you know, he, he didn't have any symptoms. So my, my my point is, okay, so if you got something that's not making anybody sick, what's really going on? And, you know, we've had this in our past, in our history, talking about old school, you know, the chicken pox was highly contagious. And you could see what it would do to you. And so was the measles and so was the mumps. In fact, we had a measles epidemic just recently because folks stopped getting their kids uh, vaccinated. But yet we knew what to do. Now, I know the health care professionals are saying because we don't know how to treat it yet, we don't know what it can do. But we know it's a coronavirus, just like SARS was a coronavirus. You know, so somebody's got to be able to answer what is this that, that at this point that you have whole communities, whole states talking about doing a full quarantine, and yet you, you can't really give a, a – a, um, a, a true fatality rate on this thing or a sickness rate. We just know that the healthcare system is being overwhelmed because of the panic of the, of the country. Okay. If, if you get the sniffles, now everybody's running to the ER. And that's the thing about this one. And I think that and for some of us who's done this is really kind of frustrating because the answers are not readily available. Thank you. And uh, we're, we're fortunate enough to have our, our special guests with us. Uh, that I'll bring on because Hank, I think you really set a good context. And um, you know, before I bring Sean Fraser on, he's someone uh, for me that um, is uh, I, I say emerging versus in college athletics. He probably does not aware that I um, I, uh, I I follow a lot of what he says. Uh, you know, he's a former colleague of mine at University of Wisconsin Madison when he was there working uh, with Barry Alvarez. Now he is. Uh, the associate vice president and director of athletics at Northern Illinois University, uh, but I, I consider him someone that is important to have here at, at a time when we're we're trying to understand what's going on, at, and particularly with the intersection uh, of sports. And so, Sean, I want to where are you welcome, uh, uh, real sports guys. How you doing? I'm doing well, Devon. How are you, my brother? Man, we're doing well. I said as soon as stuff was going down, I said I need to talk to my guy Sean because. Um, there's so much been happening, and you know, one of the things that, first of all, I, I want to take take it more big picture. You know, I, I know I know you as a a husband, a, a father, a, a a family person, and everything else. When this stuff was starting to happen, just your 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 initial reaction as you was beginning to see that conditions were changing. What was that like for you? Well, I think we all, you know, I just just listening listening to the show and. Uh, just coming out of some emergency meeting, crisis meetings, uh, and I do apologize for being late. Um, You know, it hits home. You know, this is about safety. This is about health. Um, Coming back and canceling uh, championships and other things that we're currently doing, uh, it's real. And I think that um, either stop and talk about your personal impact or or what personally is, is happening with you. So I... I'm worried about my my loved ones and uh, and the folks that I serve. So, yeah, it's real. It's uh, it's scary. Um, there's a lot of concern, a lot of angst, and uh, I just want to make sure that I can do everything I can to keep the the people that I work for and work with and my family safe as possible. And you know, and, and you like you're in. And one of the things I think is important when I talk about you being associate vice president it means you're in senior level leadership meetings at the university. Um, and also you have this leadership level responsibility, you know, not only in athletics, but also the, the role you play in your conference. I know you're a voice um, in the college athletic space. You know, one of the things that we found is, as things start to go down is that you start to see uh, the strength of organizational designs. I know uh, you have been a long kind of person trying to help the, the NCAA kind of get better alignment around things. Um, and, 
we saw the conferences moving at different levels. We, then we saw the NCA kind of working. What was that process like when y'all made a decision around to, to you know, stop the MAC tournament? Other things started happening. To help people who don't understand how this kind of works and how the communication works, how did, how did it all un, un, unfold from your perspective as an AD, as someone who's watching this uh, from a national position? Well, first off, this stuff is happening at a, an a extremely fast, heightened uh, rate of pace. Uh, very yeah. fluid, uh, extremely a lot of cause and effect, a lot of moving pieces. So if I can get all those descriptors out there. So it happened quickly. You know, I, I think that – I think just listening to your, your last speaker talking about what we knew, what we didn't know. Um, but this thing hit and, and picked up speed rather quickly as far as the level of, 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 of process that it could – for contamination, sanitation, all the things that, quite frankly – the concerns uh, kind of rung the bell. So, so as far as the Mac is concerned, and you're going to get uh, a bit. Uh, I'm about to scoop myself because I'm actually putting some of this stuff out as we speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it happened quickly because of the fact that we dealt with the professional NBA. You know, I got yes. to Cleveland on uh, March 12th, uh, March 11th. Excuse me. Uh, the, the evening of, and that's when the NBA suspended the season. And uh, we had, the, on the women's side, we had the number of teams that were participating in the MAC championship. And then that evening, the uh, NBA suspended its season. And then all of a sudden we had reports about the folks concocting uh, COVID-19. And, and then all of a sudden it was it, you know, that, that people were having internal conversations about should we be playing anything, basketball, any sport. And then that's when the next morning we had some meetings with our commissioner, presidents, league officials, uh, a number of the venue that we were participating in. And we came to the conclusion in a very short round of time, you know, from 8 o'clock that morning to uh, roughly 10.30 to 11 o'clock that afternoon that it wasn't in the best interest for us to put safety on display, that we need to make sure that safety and health were the number one things. And uh, henceforth, the week, we called the tournament. We canceled and then you saw a number of, of, of other of our, our sister and brother uh, uh, conferences do the same, and then uh, eventually the NCAA doing the same. So that happened real quick, and uh, it was for the right reasons and for the right thing to do. And, you know, one of the things lost in all this is that, I mean, as an AD, you know, you're not just talking like so much attention on the tournament, but you also got spring sports that are about to launch, Um you know, you have a lot of athletes. Uh, you know, my, my niece is a, a student athlete at Indiana, and uh, her coach put a video out. You know, I, I happened to spend some time with them up all the summer workouts they did, like getting up to that moment. Um, what was the conversation like with student athletes? What was the conversation like? You know, these, it's the right decision because at some point the adults, quote, have to make the decision that's best for the larger B. But, but what's the conversation with these young people who, who – prepare for this moment. Like this is not going to have opportunity after this. How have y'all been engaging them and helping them work through this? Well, it's been devastating, you know, as a former student athlete, former coach, and now administrator to sit in front of, you know, especially the seniors in the room. We've had, we had three of three seniors on our basketball team uh, that were gearing up to play less than 45 minutes to an hour later. And I'm sitting in front, Talking about termination of their season, termination of their mm. goal. We were the we were the fourth seed. Um, uh, got a bye to our tournament. Our kids uh, sat out the first round because they earned it, and we had a shot to win it all. It's the first time we've been in that situation since 2005, 2006 season, and basically these seniors put it on the line uh, uh, to get to where they were, and. Uh, we canceled that. We stopped that abruptly. And not only did we stop that, we stopped all spring sports and all championships. So you're talking about going to zero to 60 in 1.2 seconds and basically changing everything they do and know. So, yeah, it was, they were unconsolable. That's the best way I can put it. They were unconsolable, wow. extremely emotional. Uh, they understood the sacrifice uh, because of, their adult nature and understanding what's, what was at stake, 
But as far as their disappointment, it was extreme. And not just the students, but the, the coaches and the staff and all of us that understood what this meant. So from a historic standpoint, it's uh, something that I hope never gets replicated. But uh, I stand by the decision. But it was just a, a complete devastation uh, yeah. by uh, uttering those words and talking to those young people. It, it, one of the things, there's been a lot of conversations. And, you know, right now we got to be in the moment, as you said, you know, both of us are in our college administrative hats and this stuff is fluid and we're getting emails and, you know, we're shutting down campuses and, you know, we're not on the other side of this, but one of the things that, you know, uh, it, it still probably is the right decision, but there was a question about whether or not from the, the basketball standpoint, because the spring sport thing is a whole other piece of this as well as the winter sports, but um, whether or not they could have been talking about postpone. Now we're finding now that, Postpone is probably not going to be the, wasn't going to be the thing to work, but it represented an opportunity for some type of communication. Was there any? Do you know of any kind of conversation between the commissioners and President Emmert or, or or the leadership? What was what's that communication mechanism like when you're in a situation like that? Was there any? Uh, you know, you know, like you had a board of governors for the NBA. Was there a call of all the commissioners? Is that a mechanism that is available? What what, what can you tell us about that mechanism? Yeah, I can give you only. From Mac's perspective, uh, yeah. and John Steinbrecher, our, our commissioner, who sits on a number of those national governing bodies for the NCAA, as well yeah. as uh, with the other uh, commissioners. But I can say that there was communication uh, between President Emmert and a number of other uh, factions of organization, Board of Governors yeah. and, 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 and other commissioners uh, and the like. Uh, I, I think what's happening with this, because it was so fluid, so quick, and yeah. because the NBA uh, decisively made their decision the night before, that there was a lot of this conversation already ongoing because we didn't know about COVID-19 uh, and the virus. But, again, it was about the safety. Can we ensure yeah. safety for the folks that are playing? Can we ensure safety for the participants and fans? And before we even got to Cleveland, where our championship was, uh, we already made a determination that there would be no fans and very limited okay. personnel around the tournament. So that was done prior to getting to Cleveland. What changed is that there were some people who actually concocted the, the, the actual COVID-19 disease, and they were in the building. And we had talked about you know, sanitation and, and, and health and safety and all those things. And it just escalated where yeah. folks felt that, there was too much exposure, and henceforth we had to make the call, the error on the safety side versus saying, okay, we should get this championship in. So I think that to answer the director question about the NCAA, I think they were dealing with the NCAA tournament, and could they salvage it? Could they uh, uh, provide the safety? Could they ensure the fact that there was not going to be a, sp a more spread of the virus? And I think that timing got in the way, and then all of a sudden, uh, a lot of the other conferences, including the MAC, said, hey, we got to do what's right for safety. And henceforth, that's why those things got done before the actual tournament from the NCAA was suspended. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I, so, you know, as we, you know, I, I know you got a lot going on. Your, and if you're anything like me, your phone is going, you got stuff going on, emails, uh, things changing every 20 minutes. We, we don't want to keep you long because we all we love to have you come back. You, you've been on my list to get on the air on a number of issues. You're always somebody who is, uh, you're, you're always someone who can look around the corner. That's what I love about you. You can see, uh, uh, you, are, you are always trying to be ahead of the curve in this stuff. If I could, uh, I would like to ask Sean a question, if I could, uh, Devon. Okay. okay. Uh, Sean, uh, how you doing? This is Hank, and welcome to our show. Um, the question I have for hey, you as, as, as an administrator, as, as a, a AD, um, and having all of these instant, you know, just sudden cancellations of all of these different sports going all the way through to we know it's the early spring, and, and now we're hearing maybe sometimes in the summer and August. At this point, what is your next steps? You know, we're, we're, we're looking at so many different uh, sporting events that's going to be canceled. Uh, what is your next steps on either trying to pick up some uh, on, on the sport or just total cancellations? What, at, at where you where you sit right now, what are your next steps to try to resume once you get some sort of all clear? 
what's, what's your next step trying to get some a resume, some sort of sense of normalcy? Well, you know, this is the new normal, uh, my friend. You know, I, 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 I in the last past, last past uh, a few days here, it's been a flurry of just adjustments based on what's happened in the state of Illinois where I'm at versus what's happening nationally, what's happening with, you know, the last bureaucrat or administrator making a decision, and then we're being reactive to a lot of that. Uh, the most the most recent is the closing of restaurants and public areas. And right. so we're constantly updating and adjusting um, because we have a COVID-19 response plan for the athletics that's in alignment with what's going on at the university, and the university has to be in alignment with what's happening with the state side. Do you see where I'm going with that? So, right, right. So I, so I think that to answer your question up front is that once we get to some idea of the new normal and we have a we, – we, we, if we slow down the spread of COVID-19, we can then start projecting out. Because right now on your, on, in the media – Every five minutes is a, a public event or athletic event that's being canceled or being postponed or being pushed back. So every time that happens, it forces us to calibrate and react to that and further it puts, it puts it out another month or another week before we can get to what we thought would be normal. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so we're all in this – we're in this kind of wait and see. We're in this kind of, okay – this is what we think is going to happen in June. This is what we think is going to happen in July. This is what we think is going to happen in August. And then there's going to be key indicators in that that say, uh-oh, okay, let's move it out another month. Let's move it out another month. So that's why right now we're kind of a wait and see versus a planning six months to nine months because it's all about the spread of COVID-19. And then how do we fit our schedules into that spread before we can start planning and having hardcore uh, 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 plans in place. And that's the unfortunate thing uh, that's mm-hmm. currently happening right now, because we're very reactionary instead of being proactive. Do you see what I'm saying? Right, exactly, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I, that right, actually was hitting right on a question. I was going to, Hank, you hit it right on, uh, on, the, on the board with that. And, 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 and Sean, as I, you know, as I, as I wrap a little bit with you, Kind of what's been the ongoing way in which you've been trying to, you know, keep your the athletes engaged? How you know, you know, obviously life for them has changed in terms of the academic side. You know, you've always been someone that I've uh, I've appreciated because you're committed to the student athlete development. You know, what have been some of the strategies y'all been trying to do to try to keep your student athletes engaged and connected? What's been how is how has y'all you as coaches and all your staff been trying to? Uh, work with those athletes to to kind of keep things moving even in the face of this. Yeah, you know that's a great question. I, I, I'll be upfront with you. That's a great question. Here's here's the thing, guys. Um, it, this is a tough process because even yeah. as we speak, our, our institution is uh, is going to remain open. Okay, uh, uh, it's going to be open, but it's going to have restricted access, right? Because of the spread. Yeah. You know, we can't have more. Okay, I have uh, uh, groups more than 10 people. Uh, we have to make sure that things are properly clean and prop, uh, and we have, we're practicing social distance. And all the things, quite frankly, that uh, uh, the World Health Organization as well as our, uh, our state representatives are making sure that we observe. So this whole interaction piece with our athletes, those that have uh, made the commitment to stay around and be in our dorms or be in the community, uh, we are bracing for the, in, the uh, unintended uh, consequences of some of the things that we're doing on campus, and some of that's going to affect our young people on the mental health side. So what we yeah. chose to do is to make sure that, that we're paying attention to that, that we've got uh, the professionals on the mental health side available uh, to our young people that are around, and not just to our young people, but f- to our staff. I find myself mm. walking around totally defenseless and understanding what's going on next because my world has been all about intercollegiate athletics and sports and North American culture at the sports and athletics that plays a major part of our identities, our interactions, the way that we see ourselves. 
And I'm not saying that that's good. I'm just saying that that's the reality of what goes on. So my mental health is going to be affected because now it's very few of that opportunity out there for people. So people now are trying to gravitate on how they're going to be able to help themselves, but also, too, their self-identities, and they're going to start having some issues and effects around the mental health side. So I've chose, and our people have chosen, and my senior staff have chose, to make sure that we keep people close and that we're providing other outlets of engagement so we're monitoring this whole mental health situation so we're not creating another unintended consequence having people that are having self-injurious behavior or other types of things that go on with the, with the mental health uh, uh, issues that are associated with the lack of having this routine of sports in their life. So, yeah, these are things that, uh, unfortunately, I've had a lot of time uh, without very uh, amount of, uh, large amounts of sleep to deal with, but you know, I just come out of a meeting talking about, hey, let's make sure we check our guys and gals because this thing here, just to stop training abruptly without providing a void of, uh, of the ability to have an outlet, uh, is going to have consequences from that. So we just, as student affairs of professionals and being student-centered, we got to make sure we engage our young people and our staff so we don't uh, 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 have something that could possibly pop off because of, of the limited sport access and the, the, the restricted nature of what this virus is basically uh, having us do to keep everybody safe. Man, I, we appreciate you. You know I got to have you back. Um, and, and as a Husky, as someone got a graduate degree at Northern Illinois, I'm glad you're there. Um, and I know I need to get back uh, on the ground. And, and, and as soon as we're able to do it, I'm going to come down there and, and connect you. I know that's been on my list to go see you, but I'm also uh, am appreciative as we're going through this that you are part of the leadership fabric um, uh, for this. So, you know, you know I'm always uh, out here cheerleading for you, and I hope now that I hope as our listeners they can see why why at this time it was important for us to hear from you. And so, thank you, brother, for everything. Um, you know, you have a great evening, and uh, you know, be safe and 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 also take care of yourself. Self care. Yeah, and I would say anytime you want me back, I do appreciate it. This is very timely. Anything I can do to provide to the show, uh, uh, thank you. And, and uh, you know, Devon, your family, my, my my friend, you know that you got the yeah. double, you got the double sword. You got the NIU piece, and you got the Wisconsin thing. And I, I can That's tell right. you what, you got complete access. Whatever I, whatever I can do for you, or whatever I can share light, I'm quite sure there's probably gonna be a lot of different nuances. You don't yeah. even just hit me up. I'm there for you, my brother. God bless you both. All right, all right. Be well, brother. Brother, take care. All right, now. Take yeah. care. God bless. Mm. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was uh, uh, Sean Fraser, who is uh, Associate Vice President and Director of Athletics uh, at uh, Northern Illinois University. But he is an incredible voice in college sports. Um, you know, he was a former Deputy Athletic Director at University of Wisconsin, did so much to broaden out uh, that uh, program um, from women's hockey to facilities. Uh, but his biggest thing, I, I believe, is his impact on on diversifying at college athletics is a big place he's been doing it, but also uh, the emphasis on student-athlete development um, and being out there about doing being right by our student-athletes. And you can hear from that from the, the way in which, um, you, you know, his uh, remarks uh, regarding what's happening here with coronavirus and and, and and the pandemic and the impact as we think about it through the intersection of sports and society. Uh, I'm about to bring my boys back to the table. Um, you know, Hank and, and Darnell just kind of reflect. Uh, Darnell, I know we had you uh, out there on the wing setting screens because we were trying to get through the interview, but um, uh, what was your initial, what's your reaction? Hank? Man, they call right. I can stand in the corner. I can, I can play the Kyle Corbin role every now and again. But, um, oh, we know. It's just good to hear him talk and hear um, his perspectives on the matter. Coming from an athletic director, somebody that really is in his skills, he's on the ground working every day. So I really appreciate him coming on and sharing his wisdom with us. So I just uh, I'm, I'm grateful for him. Yeah, I, uh, you know, one of the interesting things I was hoping for him to help us understand is some of the behind the scenes. You know, there was a lot of public media scrutiny around <clears throat> how the decisions came about. Um, and that it seemed like the NCAA was lagging. But when you hear him talk about it, um, there was a lot of 
moving parts happening behind the scenes. And there was some conversation happening between certain conference during conference commissioners and in the NCAA and timing. But in situations like this, you've got to make some decisions locally, right? Even when you're waiting for the larger one to make right. a decision. So there's some things that throw the timing off. So it was good to hear from his perspective about how that all came, came about. Uh, Hank. You know, um, he he said what I pretty much thought he was going to say. When I heard him say that when they got to Cleveland, that the NBA had uh, canceled their season, uh, that pretty much was the, uh, the 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 lantern in the window, okay, of the old North Church. That was the sign right. right there that it's time to move and do something different. And uh, they they felt they followed suit with that because. This this uh, COVID nineteen, no one knew anything about it outside that it was highly contagious, and there was people overseas that had died from it, and that was enough. And so, as an administrator, they made that decision. Okay, we cannot put ourselves at risk. Do I do I think there could have been some sort of media scrutiny? Of course I do, but I also believe that you know when you don't know, uh, that's even more scary. It's like walking down a dark tunnel in a city you've never been in, okay? You're going to be on guard. And I believe that that the MAC, Northern Illinois, the NBA, and then all the other sports follow suit simply because the unknown was too great. And yeah. because the unknown was too great, I think when you hear it from his side is that we didn't know enough about COVID-19 except that it was highly contagious, it was spreading fast, and we were not going to put our student-athletes at risk. That is a very responsible decision, and I and, and and I applaud all that has made that decision. Again, from where I sit, though, the frustration comes from there should have been some there needs to be some answers right now. I know this is the new normal. I am one that is skeptical. Not calling this a hoax. I know that this, I know that this disease, this virus, is very real. I don't want to, I don't want to leave that impression, but. What I am saying is that um, why in the world do we not have the answers we need to have so that the citizens of this country can figure out what direction to go in? I do have a problem with quarantine at home with no answers because it's out there somewhere. And and, and, and what happens if I go out there and I catch it? And, and what, what I know for a fact that the extremes are so out there where you could be asymptomatic to if you've got some sort of underlying medical condition that you could die from it or not, or you could carry it and not know it. That's way too many. That's way too many what if factors. And, 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 you know, the, 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 the powers that be need the, 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 the citizens of this country needs more than that. You know, this is a great country. And the fact of the matter is, and what I mean by that is it's the home of the free. You can do what you want to do, but you're telling folks, now you're putting everybody under martial law without actually doing it. And you're not giving them any reason why outside of scaring them half to death that they could either die or not. And that, and that to me is just, that, that's, too big of a, that's too big of a range. There's too, there's too many variables there. And I think one of the things we're finding out is that, you know, uh, you know, I'm not, and we're not going to get too political here on this one, but, but there is, except for the act, fact, I think what you're talking about, because it's part of the decision-making part, but it, 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 there's, you know, widespread understanding that this, there's a discussion about the possible, this is part of the transition process. You know, the inability, part of making government work is getting people in the right place, getting folks approved, getting your infrastructure in place. And so we know there was delays with this administration with getting people in place, which allows for you to get out in front uh, on a lot of things. Um, and where we're behind is on having enough tests. And a lot of that has to have approvals, governmental agencies, part of it. Um, and so what you find it was interesting about what, what I think some, what's been interesting about athletics and what some of these major universities have understood is the power of the governor. Like the governor, I was on a work on a project, you know, the, the governor weighed in, on, on some things, and you know the governors are 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 beginning to put their print on this, which is affecting the way these can operate. Which in, in which was part of the dominoes falling with some of these conferences. You know, ACC. You know, once Duke was determined that Duke's not going to be participating, a lot of that stuff came down from on high in a lot of different ways. So now you got a lot of independent decisions happening, 
with good people making good decisions. But as you said, there's, we are we are slow to having kind of a, a nationwide understanding. Now we're seeing Kevin Durant um, has been infected. So there's just so much. What's been interesting about this is that a lot of times with things like this, it's, it has a social economic framework to it. You know, so, you know, people who are people who are highly visible are usually protected through these national crises, no matter what, right? For the most part, and yeah. this has broken all of that. <laughs> and I think when you know Rudy was uh, infected, now you got KD, it, you got Tom Hanks. It's it's saying everybody is there's is is is, is uh, at risk for real. And right. It, so that that without having. Kind of reminds me of the angry, uh, what did you say? I said, it kind of reminds me of Adrian Broner meme I saw on Twitter. They said, coronavirus, yeah. coronavirus be like, he's like, um, anybody can get it. African, American. And that's what's got the fear. There are no boundaries, right? But here's so, the thing, dude, I guess, and this is where I, I'm, I'm losing my mind, you know, because yeah. – uh, it's like okay, everybody can get it, and you will, and it will make you sick. All right, um, but how sick? You know, I, and the reason why I ask that question, and, I, and and trust what I'm telling you, I'm not trying to be facetious, and I'm not trying to poo-poo this off. But we had an Ebola scare several years ago, and Ebola absolutely killed people. It had upwards of 90% fatality rate. It, it destroyed your kidneys. It destroyed your internal organs. It made you bleed inside and out. It was some dangerous stuff, okay? If you can, and, and that's the kind of thing there where you're talking about population control. If that was the kind of thing there that if that had got over here to that country, I, you know, knowing the effects of it, and this is where I'm, this is where I'm going with this, knowing the true effects of this, that that disease was scary, absolutely terrifying. Here we have something, and I know they're calling it a novel virus because they don't know, but I don't understand uh, our country. I don't understand where the ball got dropped. It's not so much that it's, that, that it's not contagious. I'm not saying that. But where did the ball get dropped where these variables are so vast that they're so out there that at this point where you have states about to shut down quarantines of New York City, you can't go and you can't be around 10 feet, around 10 people, 6 feet around 10 people. That's That's some people's whole family. They're telling grandkids not to visit their grandparents. I, I mean, just things that, if you think about it from a biblical sense, that it goes against just the very moral fabric that, that we are nothing if we don't have relationships. And this yes. disease is single-handedly telling us not to even engage one to another, not to touch each other, not to, to wash everything down. You're talking about just the social social dismantlement of this world, and it's like no one has got any answers for it, and it, to me, it's like I want to scream out loud. It's like it's bigger than just staying healthy. It's bigger than just, you know, uh, uh, buying a bunch of damn toilet paper every day. You know, you need better answers than that, you know, and, and, and to me, it's like come with something. Don't tell me. I know the hospitals are overwhelmed because you've created a panic, so the hospitals are overwhelmed. Everybody's afraid of dying, but they don't understand that the new normal could be so much worse. The new normal could be that you are afraid to, to touch, to be able to even converse with your fellow man, simply because will nobody give us any answers. And I don't understand why nobody sees that more than, 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 than what it is right now. And that you can't give anybody, you're telling people literally not to go to work, not to do anything for weeks at a time for weeks at a time with no answers, with no other reasons other than the fact that you could possibly get sick and you could possibly give it to somebody else. But you can't give it to somebody else because you're not even associated with anybody else. And and that grinds me. That grinds me as a citizen. That grinds me as a human being. That, that we're not demanding more than that. Don't just give me the, the science answers. Give me something else and give me something quick and, and work on that quick. I know the testing and everything is important. But at this point, they're saying things that you could not even have um, been confirmed and have a case and have, and have had it for months and be fine. Who knows? But the thing about it now is you've got a national panic, and it is a national panic because you've got people that has had this disease and have recovered. 
but they've been quarantined. You've had people who's not who's who's carrying the virus, never got sick, but they're being quarantined. There's some crazy going on. And and and, and, and that needs to yeah, be well, out I there. Think, and, think, and and think, we deserve well, answers think, for that. Your your answer is leadership. It's 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 a defunctional response that's not dissimilar to a lot of things that we've had, we had to deal with. These things are usually controlled and handled with leadership that comes from Washington that says, this is what you should do. Where you have a constant voice who is out here at the night giving you updates, right? And that has not been the, the cadence for this. So the reason why we have this dysfunction is because we haven't had the same delivery system. You know, you didn't have even when Bush said, you know, basically gave you the message that, you know, we are not going to be pushed back after 9-11, you know, and this is what we're going to do. Like uh, Obama, you know, in a recession saying, blah, 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 you know, take, like you, there, there's a cadence that goes along that we don't have here. What we have right. is what we had. So so that's where the breakdown happens, you know, and then the next layer of it is that the scientists are going to do what they need to do because they, they're committed to making it happen. They're going to try to put out, you start to get responsible organizations that are trying to then um, provide the leadership. CDC is like, we got, to get, we got to have the brand. You start getting corporate America folks who are, so what ends up happening is then you got governors who say, hey, I got to take care of my constituents. So that's why we are where we are, because we don't have a national cadence around this. And so until we get that, um, you know, I think it's, it's a microcosm of what uh, the NCAA is a microcosm of what we saw and what Sean talked about. You know, without a national structure for to have a rollout of college athletics, you know, because it's loosely coupled, you had to count on great leaders in all these different places to make the right decisions. So I agree. Like the NBA that said we got a cadence, right? Uh, Came out commissioners like this one. Everybody's walking in the same direction. Owners are going. The governors are going the same way. So that's what we're missing with this. uh, That I think is the problem. Um, I think that's beginning to turn the corner because it's demanding it. Right, uh, because at this point now you got to have it a conversation. You got to have somebody who's a voice who's helping us do this. But I think that's why this is unpacked the way it has. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you there. You know, like I said, you're almost afraid to say anything because it almost sounds like a political message, even though that's not yeah. what that's, even though that's not what it's trying to be. You no, know, about so, all um, about- but the fact no, but the but the fact still yeah. remains because you know you should someone should be able to ask the question. Somebody, someone should be cool to ask the question. Okay, uh, how bad is this? What happens if I get it? Is it okay? You know, what if everybody gets it? What, are people going to die, or how many? You know, just because the reason why I ask those questions that way is because you can you can say the same thing about the flu. You can say the same thing about the common cold. You can say the same thing about certain allergies. You know, they could exacerbate into something else, and you could become severely ill. You know, we have viruses that we all walk around with every day that, they don't, the, the, uh, can, um, depending upon your environment, could exacerbate into something greater. And, and, and where is this one? Especially when we know that coronavirus has been around. Especially when we know that we have, that if you look at a, a bottle of Lysol, it says kills coronavirus, one of them, because SARS is one. So, see, these are the sort of things, these are sort of questions I'm saying that, you know, someone should come out and say to us and, and to kind of at least ease the, 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 the panic of these citizens. You know, you've had some people who's had this thing and they've survived. You've had some people who had this thing and they did not survive. But, but, but what's the middle ground here? You know, and, and when you go back to that leadership piece, since we don't have any sports, since we can't go to the movies, since we can't go to the bar, since we can't do anything else, since the only thing that's on TV is SpongeBob SquarePants, at least they could tell us something. Well, I tell you right now, I've been watching these reruns. These reruns is off the hook. I've been watching old mm-hmm. fights, old games. I'm like, I've been, I've been entertaining myself uh, uh, with this. But you know, it's funny because people are like, well, it's about washing your hands and keeping clean. Like anybody who's been to a sporting event and watched the number of people who walk out of the restroom and never wash their hands. Oh, like, that's disgusting. <laughs> I'll tell you down on that alone. If you ain't never spent no time in a stadium. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. I have seen that. That is so disgusting. And, and I'm saying, <laughs> based on that image, like, we got to shut it down right now. Because these cats ain't changing their way today. And I'm not going to wow. 
have to deal with all that. I'm going to be watching this stuff through uh, closed-circuit TV. I'm okay but with that. But you ask yourself, too, you, knowing that that already existed, and yet we didn't fall we didn't fall dead on our faces knowing what we were seeing in some of these arenas, ought to tell you about some of the resolve of what we have as human beings. That's right. That's right. I was just like, I was like, these don't wash their hands anyway. I'm like, woo, I'm watching from home. I ain't got no time for all this. Uh, uh, you got it. Well, hey, this has been a great conversation. I'm glad we're we're in it. Um, please go to our Real Sports Guys Facebook page. We're doing stuff. Uh, we'll be uh, posting stuff on uh, realsportsguys.com. Uh, we got a number of guests that we're going to be having coming up with this. You know, we want to thank again Sean Fraser for spending time with us. Um, as we always do, we're going to have to drop the mic. You know, uh, with our man Hank because he's been hot today. So we we, we got to end with the with the elder spokesman. Thank you. I want to start by first telling each and every one of you out there to stay healthy. Uh, but stay awoke, too, okay? Uh, don't panic. You know, the Bible tells us that my people are destroyed by for a lack of knowledge because they have rejected knowledge. So, so pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on. Don't forget what you know, all right? Pay attention to the signs and symptoms that's going on in your body and with those of your, of your loved ones. But also... Uh, pay attention to those things that you don't know. Continue to ask yourself questions. As I have really said a lot, what happens if I get this thing? Am I going to die right away? Probably not. And that's what they're telling you. If you've got someone in your family that has got uh, uh, health problems, then maybe you, don't, you, you wouldn't go around them if you were sick anyway, would you? So don't panic. Don't panic. And, and, and above all else, don't buy more toilet paper than you have food. You know, that's a cause and effect thing. You eat, then you go to the bathroom. So you don't need 188 rolls of toilet paper if you've only got two hot dogs and three pieces of bread. I'm keeping it light here because we'll get past this. There's a lot of things that has gone through this country, that's gone on in this world that we have survived. Okay, and this is and, and, and I pray this is not one of those things that is so catastrophic that we can't get over. I know we can. Leadership has been in question, so other leaders have taken the mantle to make sure that we're all safe. But we will get past this. I am one who, who maybe I'm too much of an optimist, but I believe we will get, get back to a sense of normalcy. We will get back to having relationships where we can high-five each other, where we can you know cheer for each other and jump up and down. You know, I hope that for some of y'all who are leaving those bathrooms and those arenas, I hope this will uh, coerce you coerce you to wash your hands and make sure they're clean. But above all else, we're all in this together. We will get through this together. And I cannot wait till we come back on these airwaves and talk to you all again about things that we love so much, sports, real sports, from the real sports guys. Y'all stay safe out there. We love you, and peace out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.